Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, episode number 48, where we crawl towards the impending doom of WCW. <laughs> That's the new phrase, is impending doom. Yeah. I'm Nick, alongside Emily. And we have a very special announcement at the very beginning of the show. We do. Feels weird to do it with this episode, but sure. Well, it's the most it's the most recent in the real life. Nick and I are engaged. Woo! Speaking yeah. of impending doom. Oh my god, Nick. No, he asked me... Last Sunday. It was the day after we recorded Road Wild, so it did not get a mention on there, but it was, it had already happened by the time Road Wild had come out. But yeah, this is the first time that we are potting as an engaged couple, as a betrothed couple. So, you know, the chemistry is just going to be that much better. And we're not sick this time. Yes, that is nice. Lots of good um, announcements this episode. I had to edit out a lot of coughing. I know. Last episode was rough. It's okay, because I got my glass of wine, you got a beer, we both got rings on our fingers, because yes, I did get Nick a ring, because I am a progressive feminist. Came in about uh, 20 minutes before the episode. I have to say, who's that Pokemon for Road Wild? For Road Wild? Yeah, for the Road Wild episode, who's that Pokemon? Guzzlord. It's... <laughs> I was going to say it's coughing, but... Uh... <laughs> You're just obsessed with Guzzlord now. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the fact that he exists. That Pokemon should not exist. Does it make it better or worse that it's like an alien Pokemon? Probably worse. Okay. Oh, because that gets into a whole like tentacle porn sort of thing. Oh god. Yeah. Emily. Absolutely worse. We may have uh, we may have set the record for quickest transition from engagement to tentacle porn. <laughs> We're engaged. I want to say mention of it, not acts of it. <laughs> But yeah, I'm very excited. We're, this is going to turn into a wedding planning podcast for the next uh, year and a half. Yes. I will come on here every week and tell you about my woes of wedding planning. And today it's venues. Venues suck. Are they so expensive? They all look the same. This is stupid. I don't want to do this anymore. Yay, wedding. <laughs> We're going to go to the courthouse tomorrow and just be done with it. I don't know how to get out of that. <laughs> speaking of weddings, how about Nitro? Well, speaking of terrible venues, this is not the uh, Sturgis Rally anymore. This is a, just a regular standard venue in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Because today we're talking about the August 16th, 1999 Monday Nitro, a.k.a. the Sid Show. It was a situation, if you will. I want will the you? ring back. No! So, Emily, do you want to get into this episode or do you want to keep talking about your ring? I don't know. I'm torn. <laughs> Let's get into the, the episode. Ready. You can look at it while I talk. It's you, becoming a problem. It's very distracting. So this episode of Nitro starts like many do now with a recap of last week's Nitro. This one entirely ignores the pay-per-view though. Yeah, minus like two or three mentions throughout the episode, there is almost no mention of Road Wild at all. Very little of Kevin Nash as well. Cause, uh, I know, I was wrong. Yeah, spoilers. I was wrong. Emily was dead wrong. I really thought that he was going to come out, even just like stand at the end of the ramp. I thought he was going to come out at the main event. But Do the hands on the hips. Exactly. And then cut to black. That's all I expected, but I was wrong. We then get the Nitro opening, which then flows nicely in, into the Nitro girls. Although Kimberly does not look interested this week. And I wonder if it's because she's about to be part of storylines again. And like, <laughs> ah, I don't need to do the dancing thing. She just looked bored. I mean, they all kind of... Like, I've been using the phrase phoning it in a lot recently, but these girls really just look like they're an afterthought, and they just don't care to be there anymore. I really wonder how much they're getting paid. These Nitro girls have a chance. I know the later ones don't get paid shit. Yeah, so they're not showing up for rehearsals. 
Kimberly probably has a nice contract. Well, being DDP's wife pays. Well, I remember noting that like they ended and before the the final note even hit, she's like already walking out of the ring like, oh, I'm done. Okay. Yeah, the other girls are like waving and, you know, doing their crowd thing. And Kimberly's already like going up the ramp like, OK, I'm done. Good night. Tonight we have Tony and Bobby on commentary. And as mentioned on our Road Wild episode, Tony notes that Sid is apparently 55 and 0. His counting is just atrocious throughout this episode. It's a weird mix, and they no, try to... it's not a weird mix because there are points in this where he spoilers he'll like come and break up a match, and because they ring a DQ bell, he's like, "Oh, that's two more to my record." No, that's not how that works. It actually gets worse on Thunder. So you can't say it's a weird mix. It's not a weird mix. It's just straight fuckery. Actually, I'll talk about Thunder. Um... We're engaged. I'm gonna fight you more. <laughs> okay, I'll talk about Thunder in, in a little bit because. This story does continue into Thunder. Oh, good. Um, and by this story, I mean the general theme of the evening tonight. <laughs> but on top of Sid being 55-0, and 0, he's going to face Hulk Hogan tonight in the main event. We have so many matches to get to, so maybe we should just get into the show. I think it's like 12. So many matches. We get some Nitro stills of Sid versus Sting, and then we get Lash LaRue versus Juventud Guerrera. Any thoughts yeah. on this match going in? Not particularly. I had to get you to tell me who Lash LaRue was again. Yeah. I like Hooventude. I do like how they do like have the nameplates when they come out and you're like, who is this guy? I'm like, they just said it. I didn't see the nameplate for Lash LaRue. Yeah. I asked who Lash LaRue was before the, the plate came up. I think so. It was after. Well, maybe I had my head down. He's already in the ring. I was typing out Hooventude. It is a mouthful to spell. And I always type it out like J-U-V-E on my iPad. But it always autocorrects to June. So I have to back it up. I have to type Hoovy. It's a whole thing. It's a lot of work to write four letters. So they pull the crowd to start. Hoovy's getting cheered, which I'm like, yeah, okay. He doesn't really have much of a character right now. So no, might as well cheer face. him for yeah. being a good wrestler. Yeah. Uh, they said that uh, Lash LaRue was from the power plant. Can you like do a rundown of what the power plant is again? Power plant is basically the performance center they have there. So it's WCW's NXT kind of? It's not a show. It's literally just right. a performance center, like training center okay. kind of thing. Because, you know, Goldberg's originally from there. Um trying to think who we've seen that's uh, gone through there. Because we had the one, like, sergeant guy who wrestled David Flair. He's like, oh, you work at the power plant. I uh, do not remember him. Kenny Chaos was from there, yeah. if you remember from our first couple Kenny episodes. Chaos, yeah. Yeah, it's just their training center, and its batting average is not great. Yeah. Granted, it's batting average not great because they're also just pushing mostly WWE stars of the 80s. Oh, well, yeah. I mean... Like, Chris yeah. Benoit's not getting to push. Lash LaRue doesn't stand a fucking chance. Absolutely not. We're still on the... Uh, we're just on the tail end of the, the Savage storyline. Like, nobody knew he was getting to push yet. Yeah. And Hogan is the main face of this fucking company right now. Like, everyone else needs to wait their turn. We get a pseudo shake, rattle, and roll from Lash LaRue. Hoovy counters a pop-up powerbomb-looking thing into a Hurricane Rana. We then get dueling pin combinations, including a bridge, which Emily always likes. I love a bridge. And then we get Sid coming down to the ring. So here's the thing. Before the Sid interference, these two guys lock up, like, back-to-back and kind of do, like, the test of strength with, like, each other's backs. And it was such a bad sell that I heard the crowd booing. And I was like, oh, wow, they see what I see. This is shit. Like, they're booing at them. And then Sid comes down like, oh, well, they're not 
having they don't give a shit about this match <laughs> all right never mind yeah emily's referring to a backslide type maneuver yeah sid comes down to the ring he choke slams hoovy power bombs lash larue and i'm like is this larue's new gimmick because i swear he did a match like last or like within the last couple weeks where i'm like why is this match happening oh randy savage is here lash larue is just the feeder yeah it's just that <laughs> he's we, the bait exactly <laughs> LaRue then eats a second power bomb, and Sid grabs a mic and shouts a bunch. Nick always loves when he shouts. He says the name Goldberg will be obsolete in the new millennium to, gonna... go, to Goldberg chance, and I'm just like, dude, he's still going to be relevant in 2020. Yeah, you're not getting rid of him anytime soon, unfortunately. I'm going to cut a shouty Sid promo at our wedding. Yeah. That's going to be our vows. Okay. We're going to cut promos at each other. That'll be our vows. I just do the, the cross-legged CM Punk style thing. Emily, while you stand there in that dress, hopefully it's uncomfortable as you possibly can be. I want to tell you something. I love it. We have to figure out how we're incorporating wrestling into our wedding because God damn it, we're going to. I just don't know how yet. You may now, you may now put the bride through a table. <laughs> so Sid shifts focus to Hogan. Says he's going to keep interfering tonight until Hogan just gives him the belt. And he ends his promo with, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Well, he leaves Wait, that no, um... <laughs> I'm like, okay. So Sid leaves, and it's time for our next match. I guess no real notes on that match, because it really wasn't even really a match. It wasn't a match, no. We get Steven Regal versus Scotty Riggs, and I'm like, okay, heel versus heel. I'm sure the crowd is really going to be into this. Steve's coming down in his best interview with a vampire cosplay. I laugh my ass off, and he floofs his, like, puffy shirt arm up to look like a muscle. It's like, hey. Yeah. We get some nice European uppercuts early on from Regal, or as he calls them, uppercuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Sid comes down. <laughs> Choke slams Regal, powerbomb Scotty Riggs. He then tells the camera that Hogan can prevent this by giving Sid the title. But this is also where he looks at the camera and says, that's 59. And that's when I'm like, oh, you just counted those four men towards your streak? I think the fuck not. I missed thinking 59, but he did say... I heard him say, that's one closer to your record, Goldberg. I'm like, wait, one? Oh, maybe that's what I heard. And I'm like, wait, so... I don't know. But somehow he's a 59 later. He, exactly. So I don't know. It's really confusing because I'm pretty sure that they are counting Hooventude and Lash LaRue as two. And now Steven Regal and um, Scotty Riggs as two more. That would make sense. However, he beats up more guys later. So what do you think his streak is at the end of the show? Maybe it is 70-something. I don't know. Actually, it might... Ooh, okay. I think I might know how they get to a number on Thunder. Yeah. Because somehow on Thunder, to start, it's 61. Okay, if they're counting one by one, guys, that works. We can get to 61. Yeah, and then they don't count Hogan in the main event because they get around that. Yeah. But yeah, if they're counting it one by one, 61 doesn't sound as ridiculous. I mean, the idea that they're counting one by one on matches that he's not even part of as part of his streak is ridiculous. And he's not pinning people. Exactly. It's still ridiculous, but I can see how they're getting to the numbers. Because hypothetically, you could have, like, give him a sidekick. Give him Charles Robinson, like, as a sidekick. Oh, no, don't make Charles Robinson the sidekick again. Well, Sid beats guys down, and then Charles Robinson just counts three. It doesn't actually count. But it's just Sid keeping track of it. Yeah, and you're right. But that's like, give it to what, somebody else. That's kind of what I do on Thunder because on Thunder commentary is Mike Tenay and Larry Zabisco. Who? Just, oh, Larry. Yeah, we haven't seen Larry in a while. No. The living legend. Living like Larry. But 
Larry says the streak is like 61, and Mike Tanay is like, well, Sid is saying that. Like, we don't recognize that. But Tony and Bobby are absolutely They're... recognizing that number. Yeah, they absolutely are recognizing that. Maybe Mike Tanay is not, but he's in the minority. But even then, the fact that he was already at 55 is still ridiculous. But if they're counting one by one, like, maybe. And maybe they're double counting guys if he's had matches with them multiple times. Like, I don't know. So Hogan is not giving him the title. So the threat of of Sid looms over this show still. Yep, sure does. Commentary chat Sid and Road Wild. And then we get our third match of the evening. We're just going to power through these matches because there are literally 12 of them. Which is the cat with Sonny Ono versus Mike Enos. So I was thinking about this. Is Mike Enos WCW's answer to Val Venus? No. I w- Just in name. Not in gimmick, but in name. I don't think so. Because Mike Enos has a big penis, works just as well as Val Venus has a big penis. I, apparently he wrestled in WWF as Blake Beverly. Very memorable run. Yeah, he tagged up with uh, Chuck Palumbo. You remember that? Fuck you. <laughs> he got this gimmick in 96, so I don't think... They're going for that. Now, I do need to reference a Vince McMahon promo here. Oh, no. I think from 2009, there was a whole thing where Raw had to be moved because it was the NBA playoffs and Raw was supposed to happen in Denver. Then the Denver Nuggets had to play their playoff game at home on that day. So it's like, sorry, Raw, you can't be here. Okay. So they ended up moving it to L.A. And the Nuggets were actually playing the Lakers. So they did it there. And Vince McMahon comes out and has somebody impersonate the owner of the Nuggets because Vince McMahon is salty that they had to move their venue. So I want to say the owner of the Nuggets is Stan Kroenke. And I'm double-checking it is. Because apparently Stanley is his middle name. His first name is Enos. And Vince McMahon has a fucking field day with just, you're an Enos. Ah, sounds like, sounds like a butthole, pal. What? And that's pretty much, that's, pretty much, that's the gist of the promo. Oh, he's saying Enos as an anus? Yeah. I'm thinking Enos sounds like a penis. No, he's going for a- anus jokes. Yeah, Enos sounds like a butthole. What? That doesn't work as that, well in my brain. That's effectively, it's just the most juvenile humor. While you have somebody pretend to be him out in the ring, I'm just yeah. like, so, if you ever think Mike Enos, I just think of Vince McMahon going, you're an Enos. Oh, God. You know, like the mature 60 to 70 year old man he was at the time. Yeah. On national television, though, writing a segment to where you just make fun of this guy's name. He's not even there. He's <laughs> not going to be around. It's just you saying, you fuck this guy in particular. He has a dumb name. So anyway, this matches the cat versus Mike Enos. I'm like, wonder who's going to win this one. Although, Mike Enos does get more offense in this than I thought, even though the match goes about two and a half minutes. At the beginning of this match, the cat says that he's going to pin Mike Enos in less than four minutes. Or he'll never return to this town again. Yeah, well. <laughs> but like he has I mean, the right time. Colorado Springs. I mean, it, it, it's not a real big threat. Is Colorado, Colorado Springs is nice. Oh, I'm sure it is. It's just not a popular wrestling town where it's like, oh, I'm oh, gonna... wrestling. No, I think of it as like, oh, I'll never come on vacation here. That's kind of a bummer. No, I'm <laughs> saying like, oh, we'll have to miss this show because it's in Colorado no. Springs. Like, oh no. Yeah, you're not really. You might miss one nitro every three years. But he's having the referee time the match, which is important because Nick also timed the match. We'll get to that at the end. 
Enos hits a few power moves to start as commentary notes that he's been winning a lot on like the minor shows. Like, like oh yeah, WWE Worldwide and Saturday Night, neither of which are available on Peacock. And I, I, I probably should have looked, but I was actually wondering. I'm like, I wonder what his actual like win-loss record recently was on those shows. Like, are they just betting that you have not watched Worldwide? Because <laughs> they'd, they'd be right. Yeah, they're probably. I mean, yeah, probably. I you know those records are kept at this point. The cat causes a distraction and goes on offense until Enos catches him. Sonny Ono then gets on the apron and Enos goes for a press slam, but just kind of holds him up for a while while the cat lines up a kick, hits it, and then wins. No, no sit interference. I think doesn't, and no dance shoes. And no dance shoes. I think he's done with the dance shoes because he didn't have them at Road Wild either. Yeah, I guess they did. I, I thought they had the briefcase, but that might have been the weeks before. They might have had the briefcase, but it didn't play into the shoes at all. So post-match, they note that apparently the cat won in three minutes and 39 seconds. And according to Nick's time... It was about two and a half minutes. I wonder if it was two minutes and 39 seconds and they screwed up. Yeah. Because I started a little bit late. I counted about like 2.15, 2.20. Oh, okay. So I'm like, okay, that's possible. Okay. It's not as damning as I thought it was. Bummer. Yeah, this is not going to go anywhere. This is just no. treading water with the cat. I think that, do you think that this is like a transitionary match where like the cat doesn't want to feud with Buff anymore, but they don't have anything set up for him next, but they want to keep him on TV? Buff is apparently in the doghouse. Good. After that match, we get a Berlin hype vignette. <laughs> so this, I felt really dumb. Because, like, again, I was looking down, finishing up my notes for the last match, and I look up, and there's just, like, imagery of the Berlin Wall. And I'm like, why are they showing this? Just, like, it's just images of the Berlin Wall. Oh, it's Berlin. <laughs> it just, it took me vocalizing what I was watching to figure out what I was watching. Yeah, it's a lot. It, it, really it's dumb. very subtle. No. Oh, wait a minute, Emily. I'm realizing my numbers still don't work out for uh, Sid. No. But because you go backstage and Sid attacks Super King and La Parka. And in. Oh, that would bring it up to 61, wouldn't it? No, it, well, that would bring it up to 61. But that's assuming he's done for the night. Exactly. Oh, damn, I thought we were on to something. So, in the best spot of the evening. <laughs> Spoiler, it's Nick's best bit. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Sid gets La Parka in a powerbomb position. And then just drops him right on the popcorn, baby. Just big ass bag of popcorn. It just like kind of pops as it goes <laughs> off. It's like, oh, devastating. Laparca La sells it like the man just got fucking thrown into fucking Mount Doom. <laughs> oh my God. Silver King's there. It's over. It's done. It's over. I was kind of sad we did not get El Dandy. During I know, if we're going to do, like, luchadors backstage that no one has thought about in weeks, let's try all dandy in there. I honestly don't know who's still under contract and who's not. Apparently Laparca and whomever this other guy was. Silver King. Silver King. Apparently they're still under contract. I'm sure Sid shouts something about, give me the title, Hogan, but I didn't really note it. He's a shouty man. Let's move into our fourth match of the night. Rey Mysterio versus Lenny Lane for the Cruiserweight title. Ray comes out looking less than pleased. He at least has his fucking title belt. It's a title defense, so I guess he has to bring it to the ring. Yeah, but he's just got stink face on. I almost, it almost comes off as he's like pissed off that he has to fight these guys because it feels like beneath him. But then as the match goes on, I think he's just mad that he's part of the storyline. It almost well, it comes off like he's shoot mad that he has to do that. Cause like, yeah. It, there's just no energy. It's not even like a, these guys come Oh, no, on. no. This was shoot. Like he was, he was pissed. Ray gets hit with a wheelbarrow face buster, but hits a nice hurricane rana shortly thereafter. 
Ray does the fake dive to the outside like a 619 and then vaults Lenny onto the apron, then dives over Lenny onto Lodi on the floor. These guys are covered in glitter, we should say, too. Like, not even, like, strategically placed glitter, you know, like with girls that go to Coachella or whatever. This is just smacked on glitter. This is the accidentally opened a uh, Christmas card from Grandma Glitter. Yeah. Lenny hits a nice top rope dive to the floor. I'm like, oh, shit, buddy. Ray then hits a Bronco Buster, and mid-Bronco Buster, Sid comes out. And in a great camera shot, you just see his hand grab Ray by the throat. Like yeah. A, like a close-up on Ray's face, like, oh, shit. It was pretty good. He then choke slams Ray. We then get a double choke slam to Lenny and Lodi, and a powerbomb to Ray. And it looks like he's going to go for a second one, but then suddenly Sting comes down to make the save. Suddenly Sting. <laughs> Hogan limp runs down to the ring, kind of weirdly. Yeah, did Hogan, like, hurt himself? Did we miss something? I don't know. Remember, we, we were saying he kind of tweaked his knee a couple weeks ago, but... But he had a pay last week. Yeah, it hasn't really been prominent in anything. Yeah. And it's not really prominent later, but then again, he moves slow enough to where we just don't notice. Sid goes to ringside and chuckles and was like, aha, it's part of my plan. Like, if you're a hid, just bail to ringside and tap the temple. Like, aha. <laughs> all part of the plan. It's all coming together. But the crowd goes absolutely feral when Hogan comes down. Yeah. They are, this man is so over and I just don't get why. Mean Gene gets in the ring, but Sid just talks first. Mean Gene, very what unnecessary in this segment. Yeah. Sid says that Hogan don't want none of this. Hogan don't want none unless you got buns, hon. I want Sid to sing AJ Styles theme song. If someone can, uh, you know, mash that up, like submit a debauchery mania. Why not? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they'll do better work with it than we will. Hogan says he's glad that Sid bailed to the outside because he wants Sid to be at 100% because Hogan's going to kick his ass. I'm going to kick your ass. Hogan then says Sting is the reason Kevin Nash is gone. And he's like, oh, the reason for a lot of things. I I, I, I was trying to figure out what he was giving Sting credit for. And I really kind of couldn't figure it he out. He was just kind of saying, like, this is my boy. And he's and, why I've become so successful. And again, they're, like, they're, they're not friends, are they're they? They're not boys. Well, maybe, like, behind the scenes, they're buddies, but, like, yeah, even then. they're not buddies. Like, yeah, in kayfabe, it's like, you were the NWO heel until, like, two months ago? Yeah, if that. Yeah, and Sid kind of hated you when you were in the NWO, yeah. so. but now we're besties. I think he's referred to Sid multiple times, and I think does tonight as well as his best friend, and I'm like, Aww. yeah, you, your best friend? Okay. Yeah, my best friend. Fucking Ed Leslie's backstage, like, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck, man? I'm your bestie in a Tessie. Hogan offers Sting a title shot next week in Las Vegas, and Sting then formally accepts. He's like, we're friends right now, but next week I'm going to kick your ass, brother. Dude, brother. And, yeah, Gene was here. Yeah, why was Gene here? Gene was there to provide a microphone. I think that was it. I think Gene really made this more messy than it needed to be. Well, because it's Gene, and he has that whole that same thing that Hogan and Flair and Savage have, where he feels the need to have the last word for some un- unknown reason. And I, I kind of get why you did it now, but it seemed weird to hype up, hey, next week we're going to do Hogan versus Sting for the title, but we also have a title match tonight. So, like, if Sid wins, what happens? No. Yeah. I, they haven't thought that far ahead. So, let's, uh, before we move on to the next match, let's do a little Rey Mysterio update. There's a Rey Mysterio update? In this timeline, because on Thunder, they will do a rematch of this for the Cruiserweight title again. And Lenny Lane will pin Rey Mysterio for the title. That's with, why he's pissed. With minimal interference. 
Oh, that's why he's very mu- Ray does cut a mildly homophobic promo beforehand. Well, I think it's too vague for me to fully understand if it's no, homophobic or not. They're not gay. Yeah, they, some, something about Hershey and Fudge is part of the promo or something. Now I'm just curious. Well, yeah, so come next Nitro, Lenny Lane is your new cruiserweight champion. And you're telling me that they give a shit about the cruiserweight division? Remember this whole argument that we had after Road Wild? We were talking about like, oh, they don't pay attention to the cruiserweight or the TV title. You think they, you think they care? You think they're not trying to evaporate this title? Oh, and on that episode, they note like, oh yeah, Ray, uh, this reign's like the longest cruiserweight title reign of all time. One, it's not. Two, <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's defended it like twice. Oh my god. I think the longest reign. He's not far off of it, but it's like, I think it's like 110 days, the longest reign. It's like they really don't keep that on people for long. No. So we'll see what the future holds for Ray, because now he's free from that, but he, uh, at least he has some friends to move him forward. I, it, it breaks my heart that Rey Mysterio stays in WCW until the bitter end. Yeah. He's too loyal for his own good. He needs to get the hell out of here. You never know what his contract's like. I know. I want to say he was one of the people on the Time Warner contracts, too. That's why he doesn't show up during the invasion. Oh, yeah. That's honestly okay, though. He He didn't need to be part of the invasion. Moving on to match number five. It's the ICP with Raven and Vampiro versus final appearance, public enemy. Unless you're asking Bobby Heenan, it's Vampira. Yes, I don't know why. (laughs) Bobby cannot figure out how to say Vampiro. Well, Vampiro also does not look happy to be here either. But that also might just be his character. There's a Deadpool. They're like... I don't know. He's supposed to be supporting his boys. I don't... He's still grungy. He's still like, I hate the world. Well, speaking of his boys, uh, Violent J has dyed his hair green. Yeah. I do like, though, on commentary, they made the same note that I made. I don't know if I made it on the podcast or not, but they made a comment when the two ICP guys came down that the bald one is ironically named Shaggy. And then like, they, they go to Violent J and they're like, you know, this one, not Shaggy. Like, yeah, it's weird. That should be the other way around. I'm with you. So I'm happy that someone else validated my thoughts, even I mean, if it's Bobby Heenan. I mean, they're not changing their name each week. Like, they probably came up with that a while ago. Did they come up with it when um, Shaggy had hair? I don't know. Maybe. Or is it ironic? Maybe it's ironic. I don't know. I don't know either. Public Enemy come down to the ring with two tables and stack them up on the outside during their entrance. Yeah, this is their last appearance for us. Uh, their actual last television appearance will be on the Thunder after the next Nitro, where they will lose a handicap match to Sid. And they'll complain about it during a meeting, and um, I think they should get pretty much get fired after that. Yay! All four men start in the ring, and everything kind of comes to a halt, but there's sizable ICP chance. Like, okay, they're over. Good for them. But okay. also, all four in the ring, it's a tag match, right? Yeah. Yeah, no one seemed to really care for a little while. Well, when they set the tables at ringside, I'm like, oh, is it like a tornado tag? Is it no DQ? Like, nope, just, it just takes a minute to get everything sorted. Because it's outside the ring, doesn't that, like, make it okay to use the tables, though? No, not normally. Just because something's on the because outside. Because it's outside and it was no. the non-legal guys. No. It... <sighs> just because something happens on the outside does not mean it's legal. What if it happens around the outside? The camera goes to zoom in on the ICP having a chat and Vampire comes over and is like, no, 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 you don't, you don't come over here. You don't come over here unless Bobby Heaton says it's okay. And Bobby Heaton's like, what? <laughs> I think Bobby was not ready for that, that kind of joke or, yeah. or story progression. It's like, uh, sure. Right? I loved it. Because like, 
I, I loved Vampiro's like seriousness because it sounded like he was scolding the cameraman. Yeah. But it was so in character. Like he wasn't actually. It was like, let's Bobby the Brain Heenan. Like the full name, unless Bobby the Brain Heenan sends you over to our little huddle, you don't come over. You're not invited. It's not for you. I love it. This is a very nothing match, and Rocco yeah. Rocco Rock does not seem interested in selling during this match. No, you made note of that. Nor does really Johnny Grunge, because he gets his leg grabbed by Raven real lazily, and then like gets punched and just like lazily falls to the floor. <laughs> and I'm like, are they gassed? But are they Pete gassed? Rocco Rock hits a top rope Frankensteiner. I'm like, okay. Shaggy Two Dope gets laid across the table at ringside, and Rocco splashes him through the tables kind of diving over grunge's shoulders the ref then suddenly decides to really get in violent jay's face like you're not the legal man you need to get back on the apron mm. this results in a ref bump and then vampiro comes in hits grunge with the nail in the coffin and then the ref who was just yelling at violent jay sees him pinning someone and goes that's fine <laughs> and like very like dramatically like i'm i'm, I'm dying counts to three and like a fucking carny, Johnny Grunge kicks out at three. I know. I thought that like this was a botched finish for some reason, but it was after. It was absolutely after three. Like, was this supposed to keep going? I thought think? it was even touched before. No, this wasn't meant to be. This was not meant to keep going. This is him trying to get his heat back, brother. Oh, like oh, well, you you just barely beat me. No, this match was not great, Bob. No, and I wanted it to be better. I feel like that's kind of my sentiment for a lot of stuff. It's like I just want it to be better. Yeah, it's very much the public enemy, and uh, I'm. We didn't really see much of them. I think we saw them like three times, and I'm like, I'm glad we're done with them. Yeah, we really didn't see them a lot. You're right. They just kind of like appeared and then disappeared. Remember, I, I referred to them as like the Dudleys before the Dudleys knew they were the Dudleys. Yeah, that was they the, never were. I think that was like the second time we saw. Them. Yeah, because they d- debuted in WCW, or I guess, or returned if they'd been there before during the hardcore brawl at the dump. Yeah, yeah, that like, big arena. Yeah, and so, don't, don't call it an arena. They turned the dump into an arena. Arenas are usually safer than that. Well, yeah. And yeah, they're gone, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm not sad in the slightest. I don't think we'll even miss them. Nope. No. Will you go from that to the Nitro Girls? Woo, and they have sparkly polka dot jackets. Yes. And then Mean Gene brings out Harlem Heat. Speaking of uh, notable fashion, Booker T rocking the button-down hoodie vest. Yeah, what was that? I don't know. Booker thanks DDP for helping them become the eight-time, 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 you get it, tag team <laughs> champions. G notes that Stevie Ray abandoned the NWO, to which Stevie Ray calls them fruit booties. Them rude to candy asses. He challenges anyone in the back, and Booker says they're going to turn this mother out. Okay. And that's it. And that's all. You know, usually when you challenge people, they come out then. They didn't call anybody out, though. They just called in whoever. Yeah. Like... Well, I'm saying, like, it hey, was an open thing, who, but who wants to fight? No one came out, and they let. All right, we'll leave. We'll leave then. Well, we're gonna turn it out anyway. We'll see these guys a little bit later. Then get another Berlin vignette, and when it's over, commentary's like, "Ah, this brand new athlete." No, it's like you noted last time that it's Alex Wright. Yeah, they like panned him in the audience dressed as Berlin, and we're like, "Wait, is that Alex Wright?" I'm not even saying that. I'm saying. When they were doing the vignettes, like in the past two or three weeks, they're like, ah, oh, Alex Wright with a new look. Have they been look. doing yeah. these vignettes for the last two or three weeks? Yeah, I think you missed one of them, and then I think it was cut for some uh, reason. One yeah, of the I weeks. haven't remembered. I haven't noted them. 
But like you remember months ago at this point. Yeah. Him in the audience and everyone's like, you might see this guy looking a little familiar. Would have been like April or May. Yeah. Like, yeah that's Alex Wright in a brand new get up. But now he's a brand new athlete. I can't really describe what happened to my body with what happened next. I think the closest I can say is a cold chill went down my spine as I heard the NWO theme. Honestly, yeah. Nick like perked I, up. Like I his whole know. body went rigid and looked at the TV like, what's happening? I, I don't know why I wasn't expecting it, but I'm just like, oh God, this is still happening. Which we all thought that this was dead. This was dead in the water. Or at least well, I thought. Well, we'll talk about that after the their match later. But Horace Hogan, Brian Adams, Vincent, and... Scott Norton. Yes. Thank you. They all come out. <laughs> Horace cuts a promo, runs down Harlem Heat. Norton then has the mic and he says he might give Stevie Ray his spot back if he begs. I don't think but Stevie actually, Ray wants the spot. But actually, no. He's like, he literally doesn't even give it a breath. Also, Stevie Ray was the leader. I don't think he wants the spot back, though. Yeah. He He's fine on his own. Brian Adams then kind of grabs the mic and he's like, okay, me and Vincent will take out Harlem Heat. And then the other three just, like, beat him down after he sass Norton a little bit. It was like, okay. It didn't even, I couldn't even, like, pinpoint the sass. Because, like, they were just kind of standing there. Yeah, it wasn't super notable. No. And Horace Hogan was like, all right, you're out of the black and white or whatever. And it's like, okay. Okay, bye. Like, like former NWO. I, so, apparently, Adams is out of the NWO. And uh, we'll get the other three in a match later tonight. So, they're just, like, picking off the NWO one by one, it seems. Pretty much. Just waiting for it to dissolve itself. We then get Mean Gene in the ring again. and With he, my boy! He has a surprise guest. It's Billy Kidman. My boy! I was so excited when he got to get on a promo. And what does Gene call him? What does he call him? A chick magnet. Oh, he is a chick magnet. Ah, CM Kidman over here. <laughs> oh, I didn't even put that together. He is a chick magnet, though. I mean, look at him. He's lovely. He also, and he said he's already like dating Tori Wilson at this point, too. So, like, come I on. I think so. I, I don't I don't claim to know their whole dating life. But the fact that they did date says a lot about Billy Kidman. So yeah, I don't know exactly when, but it definitely seems like around this time, according to Wikipedia, because like after being together for four years, they marry in two thousand three. So oh, this would be that year that they'd start getting together. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so cute. I love him so much. Gene also notes that Kidman is forming a little bit of a click backstage. He's like, yep, it's me, Eddie, Ray, and Conan. I love that. I don't love Conan, but I love that. And Kidman, I don't know if it's intentional or accidental, but he gives them a name. There's a bunch of filthy animals. I think that was unintentional, but I now th- it's stuck. I, I was going to say, I think it's intentional because who the fuck just randomly drops that verbiage? Yeah, or a bunch of filthy animals, you know? Well, <laughs> when did the... um. When did that movie come out? I'll be honest, I don't know if it's actually from an an old movie in which Home Alone references it, or if Home Alone made a fake old movie. But Home Alone's from like 89, I think the second one is from 92-ish. So it might be in the like pop culture vernacular. No, it's... Maybe, I don't know. Also, that might just be, you know, a phrase, but doesn't necessarily be, need to be a reference to this random... You know, I'm 50s might even be generous. It might even be like the 30s or 40s. I don't know. Gene then kind of out of nowhere is like, ah, oh, you know, the ladies love you. Have you seen the Nitro Girls pay-per-view? He's like... He's like, have I seen it? The question's not, have I seen it? It's how many times have I seen it? And Gene's like, oh, like 70 times? Like, oh, more than that, but uh, don't tell anybody. He's oh like, you fucking God. pervert. Disgusting. <laughs> also, 
imagine if he had to pay for it every time. Yeah, how much money do you think he was giving his employer? Let's just say he watched it 20 times and it was a $20 pay-per-view. It was probably more than that. That's $400 I'm just jerking off. Ugh. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, I was very disappointed in my boy. The internet's going to do wonders for him. <laughs> Gene then asks, uh, do you have a favorite Nitro girl? Kidman's response is like, all right, you know, he helped me out a lot through my, my career, so no, no disrespect to, to Dallas, but, you know, Kimberly is fine. Kimberly in, is fine. In so many words. Kimberly is hot. But you know who doesn't like that? Fucking DDP. Because not only does he come out, he comes out like from the side. Like it's a shoot. Like what the fuck are you Would'd talking about? What would you say about my wife? Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. <laughs> that was the energy. It really was. And actually it works because he slaps him. Oh my God, you're ready to <laughs> Oh no. Oh, we blew our load on that joke two episodes ago. Now I mean, inspired. to be fair, it was timely when, when we recorded and not timely by the time the episode came out. Now it's very dated. <laughs> I do have to give Kidman a little bit of shit. Yeah. You gotta ask your favorite Nitro girl. You're not going to pick Spice. What the fuck? That's true. Spice is spunky. I thought you were a man of taste, Billy Kidman. <laughs> Turns out you're just a pervert who watched the Nitro girls pay-per-view over fucking 20 six. times. Yeah. <laughs> Minimum. They just said more than 17. But when DDB comes out, he li- the first words out of his mouth are... What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Which kind of fair. Honestly, yeah. Kidman tries to cool things down, but DDP is like, you don't even know how to spell respect. And I think he slaps him on after the S. He goes, R-E-S, slap. And then um, Bobby on, on commentary goes, S is for slap. P is for put down. And then he stops. I want him to do the whole word. <laughs> DDP hits a urinagi type move and then calls for a ref. And this is now a match. We get a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker to Kidman. TDP's flaily elbow drop now has a lot more thrusting in it, and I don't like it. <laughs> thrusting. DDP counters Kidman faction and then hits a spinning powerbomb. It was not countered into a face buster. Which, to the shock of us all. He then goes for the pin, but, oh, no, go school. Go school, but. my wife, but. Go school, but. We get a double-aged spine buster from DDP, and then he signals for the diamond cutter, but instead of actually going for the diamond cutter, he puts Kidman on his shoulders to hit, like, a TKO. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Kidman then rolls through and gets the pin. My hero. Yeah, not a very uh, decisive win for him, but he gets the win over DDP. I mean, yeah, this wasn't really, like, a planned match. This was just, like, a situational match. DDP then hits a diamond cutter to the ref, and Kidman jumps on his back, and DDP turns it into, like, a diamond cutter stunner kind of sloppy-looking thing. <laughs> DDP then whips Kidman with a belt and then, like, chokes the shit out of him with it. He needs to chill, dude. Until Kimberly comes down and is like, fucking relax, dude. Holy shit. You should have looked into some yoga, DDP. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, it was nice to see Kidman get, the, get a win here. Yeah, and him getting some mic time, even though it was, you know, pervy. I guess they're going to go for, I mean, Triad versus the Filthy Animals. But then again. That would make sense. I mean, but later we get the Revolution and the Triad. So, I don't know. They they are trying to juggle multiple stories for better or worse. Yeah. This is kind of at the point of the night where I noted how many matches we have on this card. Because, like, on an average episode, we're getting, like, what, nine? Give I, or take? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe eight, eight or nine? Yeah. So we're getting 12. It just feels exhausting. Yeah, it's like it's four per hour. Yeah. Which doesn't sound that bad when you break it up like that, but it's like, 
It's a lot to keep track of. Yeah, especially when there's not a ton of story going into right. each of these. And in that same vein, next up is the Disco Inferno coming out with a mic. And he's like, I don't want to join the filthy animals. And he pretends he's the uh, the present and future superstar of WCW. Chris Benoit then comes out, just interrupts him and is like, all right, you want to like prove you're good? Come fucking wrestle Come me. Be good. Benoit goes to the ring and is like, all right, I'm waiting. Disco has the mic and agrees. And he says he's going to get a Brooklyn, New York tushy kicking. It feels like Disco Inferno is talking a lot more than he usually does. Am I wrong in that? Eh, I mean, every now and again he gets a cut of promo. It, this was just this was just a lot to me. Like, it's not bad necessarily. It's just I don't hear him on mic very often. Match starts. Benoit just chops the shit out mm-hmm. of Disco. And they're loud. Benoit dominates early on, including a double snot rocket. Which commentary called a handful of snot. Which just, ew. And a near crossface until Disco bails the outside and slams Benoit like onto the ropes. Like, ooh. It, this is a hard-hitting match. Running neckbreaker from Disco, and he starts working over Benoit, including a dancing diving elbow and a nice Russian leg sweep. Very loose rest hold from Disco after oh that. Oh my god, yeah. Like, had the chin lock, but the chin, like the arm was just in front of Benoit's face. You could see the air between the chin and the lock. During this, though, and maybe it's because it looks so bad, there's a large Disco Sucks chance. <laughs> Benoit gets fired up and hits chops, followed up with a German suplex, and then more chops. Man loves to chop. As opposed to the triple German, we get the triple verticals, aka the three amigos from Chris Benoit. He then signals for a headbutt, and Disco Inferno is like all the way across the ring. This was a long jump, yeah. yeah. Benoit hits the diving yeah. headbutt and gets the pin. This was a pretty good match. It was a nice Benoit showcase. It was. It was very hard hitting. You could really hear the chopping. Like, yeah, it did cement that it's like okay, Benoit's in the league above Disco, but I didn't feel like like oh, Disco's buried. Right. This was more like a show me what you got kind of match. Yeah. Yeah. Which not not a bad thing. But once again, it doesn't feel like this is uh, connected to any story. This seemed to be like like a one night kind of story. Yeah, probably a lot of these kind of felt like that. Before they go to break, they actually note, like, okay, coming up next is Goldberg. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, that's good. It's not quite what Raw is doing now where they have the countdown to Cody, but... uh, Do they really do that on every episode? At least a couple, good, good amount Lord. of them now. That's narcissistic. That's just... That's ego feeding. So I've lost track of what number matches is, but our next match is Barry Windham with Bobby Duncan Jr. and Kendall Windham versus Goldberg. This is number eight. The Rednecks come out to the I Hate Rap theme, which I'm like, are, Good. They, are they ever going to use that one again? I hope not. I mean, it wasn't a bad song. It's just not I Hate Rap. No. Goldberg comes out to his Megadeth theme, f- further confusing what the fuck he's going to come I, out to each I week. I have no idea. And like, I'm so I'm still confused by this because it's not dubbed. Like, I, it's, it was dubbed for so long. Why is it no longer dubbed? I, it, it's been alternating, I feel like. So I don't have a reason for it's it. stupid. <laughs> Goldberg clears all three men, jackhammer to Wyndham, pin. <laughs> this was the quickest Goldberg match. Like, we knew it was going to be quick because it's a Goldberg match. Like, classic. Yeah, it's Goldberg. four moves. Yeah. if Was it even four? He does something to Bobby Duncan. He spears Kendall Wyndham, spears Barry Wyndham, and then he's a jackhammer on Barry Wyndham. Jeez. That's it. Which, like, the energy of this was fun enough, but I'm like, okay, you need to do something else with Goldberg. Like, he's been yeah. killing dudes. And I actually, I gave you a day to think about it. I'm sure you forgot. Yep. <laughs> Emily, since losing his streak, can you name three things Goldberg has done? I really wish I could. 
I have no idea. Number one thing I'm surprised you forgot was the, the uh, stun stick. Is that not since the finger poke, though? That's after, because remember, he got stunned there, and then they did, him and Scott Hall did the as, ladder match. I think of all that as the same storyline. Well, it's the same storyline. I'm saying since the actual finger poke. Well, the stun stick is like a carryover, so to me, that's the same. I'm I'm saying the ladder match with Hall at the next pay-per-view. Okay. The whole stun stick thing was just all a blur. Seems like he's on a collision course with Sid, but uh, he doesn't seem to be acknowledging that right now. Yeah, no. I'd like to see him and Sid against each other. How do you feel about seeing our next match? Um, this is my answer. Okay. It is Scott Norton, Vincent, and Horace Hogan, a.k.a. the B-Team, versus Harlem Heat. <laughs> Stevie Ray comes down with his straps down, and it looks kind of weird, because like in the center of his chest, when his gear is normal, there's like a big ring. Yeah. So it just it's... looks weird when it's down. So what's funny is like the big ring kind of thing in it. You're saying like the thing that connects them, right? Yeah. So in the early 2000s, J-Lo went very viral for a look that incorporated that. It looked like a uh, like a green tie-dyed one-piece bathing suit, but like into a dress with that kind of a ring in the middle. Okay. So that's what I, I always just see bathing suit when I see that kind of style. Okay. Women's bathing suit. Stevie Ray and Vincent start strike heavy. Shocking. And they, <laughs> uh, they botch a press slam. It's it's real dodgy looking for a minute there. They botch it, but nobody gets hurt. So no, I, it's a matter it looked of bad, but it didn't end up bad. Bad. They kind of turned it into like a basically a scoop slam because yeah. if he had tried to press him, I I think one or both of them would have gotten hurt. Yeah, which is good that neither of them did, which means that Booker is a consummate professional. No, it was Stevie Ray. Was it Stevie Ray? Yeah, Booker wouldn't botch like that. Please, Scott Norton tags in, works over Stevie. We then get. Horace and Booker in the ring, and I'm like, that's probably the best case scenario for this match. Yeah. You get a scissor kick and then a spin rooney which I feel like we haven't seen in... No, we really haven't. Then a Harlem sidekick, but the heels break up the pin. Flying forearm and Booker tags in Stevie Ray, who hits a sidewalk slam. Stevie Ray hits a big boot after Norton misses his interference spot. He's really not doing much of anything in this match. Yeah, Stevie like backs up and like like bounce off the ropes and Scott Norton very much was supposed to hit him there because they immediately repeat the spot and Norton yeah. kicks him. It was Scott Norton just has checked out mentally, emotionally, and physically. Like he does not care about what's going on in the ring. He does not care to be here. Once Stevie Ray is down, Brian Adams comes out, just blatantly interferes in this match. I'm like, DQ? Nick Patrick couldn't care less. Yeah, he is in the ring cleaning house, and Nick Patrick's like, eh, it's fine. That's fine. He attacks all three members of the NWO, doesn't lay a hand on the Harlem Heat. Booker hits a missile drop. Still shouldn't hit. matter, though, right? It should have still been a DQ. Oh, yeah, the NWO should have won by DQ. Okay. I mean, they won't win the title, but I, th- I think the title was kind of on the line. Doesn't matter. Mm. Yeah, Booker hits a missile drop kick, and the Harlem Heat win. Yeah, this was meh. I'm done with the B-team. I've been saying this for months. Well, according to Wikipedia, this is the end of the B-team. Thank God. Horace and Scott Norton will team together on Thunder, but... In their NWO gear? And Horace is in the same thing. Scott Norton's in the same thing, which just has the little NWO logo on the back. Yeah. But then again, it's taped like two days later, so they oh, might not okay. have new gear. But... Yeah, for some reason, Wikipedia just lists this date as the end of the B-team. Okay. End of the B-team on TV that matters. Yes. Good. Fuck them. And this is our last appearance of Scott Norton. Thank God. <laughs> I, and I swear to God, 
When he came out, I literally pointed at the screen and I'm like, who is that? And you didn't remember again. And I'm Thank like, God. how? How? I will say he'll, he'll, he'll be missed, but he'll be forgotten. <laughs> He's already been forgotten. Gone and who was that? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Scott. Gone, but 100% forgotten. Gone, but I already forgot your relevance. I was here and 100% forgotten. Yeah. Quick, who are we talking about? Emily? I don't remember. Brian Adams. <laughs> well, speaking of Brian Adams, there is a bit that Peacock does not include. Okay. Post-match, Brian Adams goes to leave the arena and gets into a limo. Okay. And they show the limo's license plate has four letters. K-I-S-S. Oh, shit. Yep. I think they cut it because I'm guessing it's cut from next week's episode as well. Uh, Kiss is performing next week. Yeah. They said that on the commentary. They mention it like twice. I'm guessing on the original night, they said it a crap ton. And there were like vignettes and all that because I find it interesting that they cut that from Peacock. Do you think we're not going to see Kiss? Oh, we're going to see Kiss. I have the file. We're going to watch Kiss. Okay. I just don't know if there's anything else with it. I, I I know it's one of the lowest rated segments in <laughs> Nitro history because no one cares. But No one cares about Kiss? I mean, not on Nitro. Or Nitro cares, but... I, that, that's still mind-boggling to me because Kiss is massive. I don't know when Kiss's peak is, but I think this might be... 80s, I think. I think this is peak Kiss just putting their name on anything and everything i don't know enough about their history and their like marketing history i guess but to me kiss is huge so you saying like this is the lowest rated segment on nitro that's mind-boggling no kiss was a good band and then they just hit a point where they went i mean if we're gonna sell out capitalism we're selling all the way out where it's like everything oh yeah you want to pay us for this yeah cool yeah which means next week we will get the debut of the Kiss Demon. Thank God. In which, I don't know when this will happen, part of the contract for the Kiss Demon, he must be in one pay-per-view main event. Okay. So I know that will eventually happen. I don't know when. Okay. It would make sense for it to be like Halloween Havoc. That's a little far out. Well, not to totally spoil it, but to totally spoil it, they're going to do a uh, WrestleMania main event type thing. Where it's like, oh, there's like three main events. So he's in the main event. Gotcha. (laughs) Or like a special main event. I think it's like second on the card. It's like, oh, a special main main event. event. (laughs) We should have been a Nitro. They just play the Nitro theme after that. Like, oh, it's a new episode. (laughs) But yeah, this is, this is it for the, the NWO as we know it. I'm not sad. Why would I be sad? Think, think about the journey that group has been on. Because we, we started and it was... Hulk Hogan. Everyone yeah. was in the NWO. You couldn't go more than six minutes without, it, without, without the NWO hearing theme that right. fucking... Nick had the audacity to say I should walk down the aisle to the NWO theme. No, to a piano version of the NWO theme. And I wanted her to do the uh, Razor Ramon walk. No. But yeah, we went from them being the number one focus on the card to... Barely an afterthought. Yeah, to the, the, the big merger where it was just like, oh yeah... Really in passing, again, the whole time, like, oh, yeah, we're, we were in on it. Yeah. They really just let yeah. that go in passing. Good. And then, yeah, the Wolfpack is, I guess the Wolfpack's gone, too, because no more Kevin Nash. No one else is coming out in that gear. 
Scott Hall is going to come back and revive it. Maybe. Emily, we're not done with the NWO. <sighs> I don't know when, but they'll be back. Brother. I know they're back after the invasion. Yes. I know that. But that's in WWE. Yes. Well, let's move on to our 10th um, match, I want to say. It's Rick yes. Steiner versus yeah. Brian Nobbs with Jimmy Hart. My boy. Rick has a mic and he rules the dog pound. And if you don't like him, bite, bite him. him. We had a, a conspiracy theory when he, he was coming out to the ring. Because Rick Steiner is still the television champion. And I literally had to turn to you go and, and ask, did he come out with this title? And you're like, yeah, he did. And we rewound. He only shows the back of his title. And then they like only show him in close up and don't show the title. I'm like, are you holding like the U.S. belt or something? He's and, not holding the right belt. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is weird that they, he didn't even like glance at the front of it. Yeah, it's like it's like in '92 when Ric Flair came over to WWE with the uh, the big gold belt, and they're like, "Okay, well, you can't use that on TV." So they they gave him like a tag belt and just blurred it that way. It's like, ah, it's the same thing. <laughs> you don't know. You're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Brian Knobs, Jimmy Hart come out, and I'm like, God, remember the Hardcore Division? Remember when that was a thing? I really do miss it. I would love a Hardcore match right now because like this is the point in the show where I'm like, there's too many matches. I'm getting tired. I would love a hardcore match to break it up and just be, like, chaos. Are they just waiting for Finley to get back? How much longer is he out? Did I you think look we, I think we said December. We looked it up a while ago. I think he just got, like, another surgery, so I think he's going to be out longer. But, yeah, I don't know what they're waiting for. But no, the first hour of this show was really fun and really upbeat and fast-paced. I'm sleepy at this point. Yeah, it, it, the, I think it also helped that there was, like, a narrative through line yeah. through the first hour of the show. and then why they didn't continue it. Well, you, you can't have Sid interfere in every what if there have been 12 matches and Sid interfered in 11 of them I mean, and, and then he, he was in match 12 maybe if he didn't interfere in every match but after every match or two every two matches maybe you have like a vignette of him like fucking something up backstage like it doesn't have to be ruin every match but have him as a character throughout yeah and then the big moment at the end where he finally gets to go up against hogan like that would be a good through line do like a a, a three minute warning type thing where he's like, he basically says, all right, if any match goes longer than, you know, yeah. four minutes, I'm going to come down and fuck shit up. Yeah. There could have been a through line. They just decided to not have that after the first hour. So Rick attacks Knobs as he gets in the ring. And Rick is wrestling in a dog collar for some reason. And he's just stiffing the shit out of Ryan Knobs. Yeah, he is. It's rough. Rick chokes Knobs with his jacket. And the ref warns him after counting to four. It's like, one. <laughs> Two, three, four. Hey, come, come on, on, come man, on, come stop on. It. Okay. As you're like five, six, seven. What the fuck? I'm gonna point the finger of blame in a different direction than you think. This is Rick Steiner's fault. Why? The ref can't just go. Oh yeah, never mind. DQ ruin the fucking match. Why not? You're not supposed to. It's a it's an entertainment show. If we're trying to, be if we're making believe that this is a real sport and a real athletic endeavor, and there are rules. Yeah. Then the rules need to be upheld. And do you know who's not upholding the rules? The ref. Rick Steiner. He should be releasing when he gets to four. It's Rick Steiner's fault because he, he keeps going. No, it's the referee's fault for not upholding the rules. If Rick Steiner fucks up, that's on Rick Steiner. He ruins his own match. It's actually, it's funny you say that because WWE actually like flipped. Brett fl screwed Brett, Nick. <laughs> Where the fuck did that go? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if, if Rick were to mess up his own match, it's his own fault. 
Where's that referee? <laughs> he was trying to fuck on me. No, but that literally that story comes yeah. from a time where it's like call it like a shoot. Companies flip flop on that. That's not fair. If we're pretending that this is real, if we are sitting here and pretending that what we are watching is real punches and real hits and real, you know, real wrestling, then let's make it real somehow. Yeah, I I always love the companies that don't do the call like a shoot where dude is knocked out and it's like one, two, gets like 99% of the way down and goes, oh, he kicked out. Like he didn't, no, he didn't. flinch. <laughs> He's dead. Oh my God. Count to 100. He still won't get up. Call an ambulance. Yeah. I actually, I saw a clip of, uh, that happened with the, the Young Bucks recently. And so he had him pinned and then, you know, counted the 2.9. The guy didn't kick out. So one of them just goes, count again. And he counts the three. And he just goes, count again. And he had him just keep counting to three. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know, that works. Oh my God. I imagine there's some shoot frustration there, but it actually worked as like a funny bit. <laughs> Nobs gets a bit of offense in this match, but you know who's going to win. Steiner whips Nobs with the dog collar and then puts him in the camel clutch with the dog collar. I'm like, DQ? Yeah, that was rough. And they actually use the excuse of like, ah, he did something similar at Road Wild and it was fine. And I'm like... That doesn't make it okay. That's not precedence. Oh, we didn't note, by the way, Goldberg not wearing the knee brace that he wore two nights previous. He's healed. Despite Magic. despite having the knee brace taken off and having his knee worked over with it, which means it should actually be more sore it. than usual. He clearly doesn't need the brace because they took it off and he was fine. So, you know, he doesn't need it. He's, <sighs> he's completely healed. It's magic. You don't believe in medicine, Nick? No, apparently not. In this match, like Steiner has heat with the crowd and then Brian Ops gets on offense and he has none. Yeah. We get another four count followed by a warning as opposed to a five. Yep. A smattering of boring chants, I want to say. I didn't even hear that. Well, Nobs hits a flying nothing from the second rope. Yeah, well. So they do a spot where Brian Nobs gets like tossed into the corner and Jimmy Hart goes to hit Rick Steiner, but it's accidentally Brian Nobs. And not to be outdone from the stiff shots in the opening bit, Jimmy Hart accidentally stiffs the absolute fuck out of Brian Nobs here Ugh. and like busts him open hard way. Yeah, he was just gushing blood by the end of this match. It looked like it hurt. Steiner Bulldog and Rick gets the win. To a very bloody, bloody man. I miss... Rules? I miss the days when I was really enjoying Rick Steiner. They were fleeting. Like, early on when I was like, fuck, Rick Steiner's a star here. I don't like, what happened to him? But, I'm but like, by the time ah, you said this that, is what he disappeared. And yeah. then... Well, I was saying that at Halloween Havoc. Like, the first night I was like, oh shit. Like Yeah, but he didn't stick around. He got hurt shortly thereafter yeah so we yeah. really didn't get to like see yeah him like much. like before starcade i want to say yeah because they brought in judy oh judy i remember asking at the time like oh like what are they gonna do with him and, and internally i'm like why don't i know more about rick steiner and i'm like this oh th oh this is why yeah does he go back to wwf i don't think so at any point minus literally the hall of fame that just happened this past year yeah. i don't think they bring him in for anything because we're, we're, where we're at in watching SmackDown, Scott Steiner just signed with uh, with Raw. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't think they bring in Rick at all. Well, go enjoy your Shonies. Oh, and I meant to note previously, I'm just remembering random bits now. Scott Norton wrestled during this, during 2022. Really? Yes. Where? I don't, I don't know, somewhere. I'm like, oh shit. 
I would go to a show to see him and be like, oh, who's that indie guy? <laughs> so I don't think we're going to go, but Emily has been wanting to go to another live show since we went to a uh, SmackDown house show. Oh, yes. And the only upcoming show is CZW. CZW? Yep. What is that? Combat Zone Wrestling. Ooh. They picture death matches. Ooh, no, I know. And I don't think so. I did want to take you like we're going to a wrestling show, and then you just be like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh no, 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 no! This is CZW. I'm happy with the WWE show that we went to though, because at least I got to see Sasha live. Yeah, might not get that chance again. I'd like to go to an AEW show. Yeah, we'll see where she ends up. You never know how long her contract is. I know, but just in general, I'd like to go to an AEW show. Moving on to this Nitro, we have a very long Randy Savage, Dennis Rodman pay-per-view clip. We literally fast-forwarded through it. Yeah, uh, Randy Savage, not here tonight. Nope. Um, won't be here next week, I don't think. And weirdly enough, on Peacock, it advertises that Randy Savage will like talk about the Dennis Rodman match. He doesn't. He's not there. Damn. He's just done. He's over it. I think we see him again in, like, October or something. Jeez. For, like, one appearance and that's it. All right, we're 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 almost at the main event, Emily. Oh, my God. We have another match. And I, I think both of us died a bit uh, during this one. It is did. Perry Saturn versus Bam Bam Bigelow. This is the match where they mentioned Kiss is coming next week. Yes. Yes. But also. But I noted, uh, it, I noted it was during the match. Yeah. So I wonder if they were cutting all the, like, hype segments and vignettes. But they, they didn't cut out this line. Maybe. But Bam Bam actually has a theme song. It's generic, but he has it. He has music. We're proud of him. And he gets Bam Bam Sucks chance to start. <laughs> this match, before Nick goes play-by-play, play, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. It is nothing special. Yeah. We do get you, a, you don't even need to do play-by-play play if you don't want to. Yeah, we get a springboard moonsault to the outside on Bam Bam Bigelow. Aloha Bam Bam is denied, but Saturn dodges a booty drop. I zoned out for a lot of this match. It was just boring. There was nothing happening that was exciting. Bigelow seemingly goes for a superplex, but then just gives up and throws Saturn off the top rope and then just hits a falling headbutt from the standing position. Bam Bam works over Saturn, and it's really hard to care at this point. It's just, it's too many, ma- it's too many matches, not enough segments. Yep. Especially what with, I've been saying. Especially with this having, you know, again, no real story. Springboard crossbody from Saturn after a ref bump. We get a T-bone suplex, and... Canyon comes down on the apron, Saturn knocks him off, and then immediately goes up to the top rope, and Canyon just recovers and then throws him off the top rope onto Bam Bam Bigelow. He's immediately fine. And I'm like, why even do the first spot then? So, it's a really sloppy ending here, because Bam Bam's going for the greetings from Asbury Park, which is like a like a side pile driver kind of thing, mm. and Shane Douglas pushes Canyon off the top rope onto Bam Bam, which just looks like the New Day's finisher. Like, Bam Bam's hitting a big ending. But it's oh, like, yeah. it's like, oh, no. That's Saturn landing on top of Bam Bam and getting the win. Hmm. And it's like, what? And then Shane Douglas is, like, off the apron and Canyon's hitting elbow drops on Saturn. And then Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko run in and Shane Douglas is suddenly with them again. And the heels bail. Yeah. And it was just... It was just weird and bad at, right at the end. And the match wasn't anything terribly interesting. It, yeah, it was very hard to follow, very hard to care about, very hard to even be remotely interested in. Yeah. Especially right at the end where it's like, okay, we're we're so close to being done. 
Yeah, because chugging along. Well, because during the last match, they're like, "Oh, Hulk Hogan coming up later tonight." I'm like, "That doesn't. That means he's not next." Nope. I think they said like within the hour, and you're like, "Fuck." So let's move in to our main event. We finally got here. It is not Michael Buffer time. It is not, but it is time for Sid Vicious versus Hulk Hogan for the WWE title, and Sid comes out to a different theme, which it's different, and it's weird that it's different, but it slaps. Well, here's the issue. Um, Sid has the old theme on Thunder. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, this one, this one slaps. I like the other one better. No, I like this one. Commentary once again notes that Sid is 55 and 0. So the number hasn't changed? I don't fucking know. Sid attacks Hogan before the bell and works him over with strikes and even a scoop slam and a leg drop, which I noted because at the pay-per-view, they're like, he did a big boot. That's Hogan's move with Kevin Nash. Here, he does the leg drop. And they're like, ah, leg drop there. (laughs) I shouldn't even know if they call it. They just like, they don't care. Hogan suddenly hulks up and continues to be shit at people counting. And by that, I mean... What notice this in Hulk Hogan matches? People like to count to ten when yes. you're doing the punch spot. He always just stops at an arbitrary number. Yeah. And it's like, no, you count the nine, you do the big wind up, and then you do ten. He likes to fuck with people. He does like like, like he stopped like, like seven. Yeah, it's like six. It's like oh seven. He does this all the time. Like I, sometimes he's done it to like he'll go to like twelve, and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Oh, yeah, but that's, like, a recurring Hogan theme, though. Like, rules do not apply to Hulk Hogan. We'll get to that. Sid bails the outside and claims that Hogan will fall to his brain. <laughs> he, like, he did the uh, temple poke thing Tap again. the temple. Temple tap. Sid slowly then goes back on offense. And on commentary, they note that Sid might actually be 59-0. There we go. Or I swear at one point they say he might even be 64-0. Where'd you get 64? I don't know, but I swear Bobby says that. Don't trust anything Bobby says. They go to the outside, and I was wondering how they were going to get around this, because I'm like, okay, I don't think they're putting the title on Sid here, but you can't have him lose. So Hogan just grabs a chair from ringside, hits Sid, and they're like, okay, they're just going to do a DQ finish. No! There's no bell! It's fine, shut up, don't worry about it. Sid then gingerly hits Hogan with the chair. Like, oh, geez, that was a real crappy-looking shot. And then gingerly, like, lays Hogan across the announce table, which doesn't lead to anything. Gingerly. Although, there's the great line of commentary, completely just flabbergasted. He soaked us all with water! <laughs> I'm like, what water? Back in the ring, Nerve Hold immediately goes Magna with Sid. And Hogan hulks up again, this time almost in full, but gets hit with a clothesline. Sid then hits a choke slam, and then for some reason is like i'm not gonna pin him yet yeah why why not okay now i'm gonna pin him yeah like, it was just like i mean just, it was stupid let me just give it like six seconds that way when hogan kicks out it doesn't make, doesn't make my choke slam look bad and shoot hogan then hulks up in full we get a big boot leg drop goes for the pin but no it's rick steiner suddenly interfering this and surprised like, me i didn't expect it to be rick steiner and i'm like how is this not a dq loss Cause fuck you, it's fine. Shut up. And I think the crowd feels a little cheated here because they just start chucking trash into the ring. They really, yeah. And like I remember, there was one point where Nick was telling me that in some cases, throwing trash into the ring is a good thing. If you're going for heel heat, it can be a good thing. When it's just the finish of your match, it's usually not a good sign. Yeah. So there's trash in the ring as Sting as Sting runs in to make the save. He brawls with Sid. 
And Hulk Hogan hits a leg drop on Rick Steiner and then pins him. And it counts. And the bell fucking rings. Ladies How? and gentlemen, you are experiencing Nick's Joker arc. I like to start him like I. He can't form uh, a word. We were watching this last night, and he just collapsed into a ball of anger and deep breaths. And literally, what's happening right now? He just has his head against the microphone and just cannot form an opinion or words or feelings. The man was angry again. Just to say it out loud. The match of Hulk Hogan versus Sid Vicious is won by Hulk Hogan after pinning Rick Steiner. (laughs) And a referee counts the pin and calls for the bell and the bell rings. And this doesn't count against Sid's record because he He didn't didn't get pinned, even though he was the one in the match. How? As if this streak wasn't fucky enough. It's going to be okay, babe. Deep breaths. In, out, in, out. Hogan then hands Sting his title while he celebrates. And Sting's just fucking fine with it. It's like, oh yeah, I'm the champ, but like, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to go celebrate. So just hold on to this. It's like, that, that's like the start of a heel turn mm-hmm. for a better company. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I don't hate this match because of that. What? The the absolute insanity of the ending? Yes. I actually thought the match itself was better than the match they did the the two weeks ago or three weeks ago. And that is why I hate it. Not because it's better than the match they did two weeks ago. It's better than the match Hogan put on at the fucking pay-per-view. Oh, well, yeah. Hulk Hogan actually showed up for a Nitro. He wasn't, he didn't give two shits about the fucking pay-per-view. I hated that match with a fiery passion. I found myself enjoying this one. And this one was for just oh, regular I, television. I, I blame Kevin Nash. I don't care who I have to blame. Somebody should be fired for that. There's no reason why the show after the big pay-per-view is better than the pay-per-view. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That just is, is infuriating. Like, I walked into this match and I'm like, I already know I'm going to hate this. And then when I, I started not hating it, I was like, I hate that I don't hate this. Because that means that Hulk Hogan is capable of putting on a good match, putting on an entertaining match. And he chose, it was a conscious decision at the pay-per-view to not do that. And I lose respect for that. Yeah. I, if I had any. Yeah, I mean, I, I stand by. Like, I think a lot of that is Kevin Nash. Also, like, when you're about to quote-unquote retire, it's like, you're either in the camp of, I'm going to give this my all, or, yeah, fuck it, I'm done after no, this. No, here's the thing, though, with that argument. Even if it was Kevin Nash just not putting on a good show, Hulk Hogan is a good enough performer that he could have carried it. Nash could have stood in the corner and done fuck all. Kev- but Hulk Hogan could have been entertaining. He could have showed up. He could have done fucking something. If Kevin Nash wanted to have a fuck off day, be my guest. You're going to retire? Who cares? Hulk Hogan is here for the long run. Show people that you give a shit. That's why I hated this match. Okay. Let's uh, let's move into Thunder before we fully close this out because I want to just add a few more notes. As mentioned, Sid is apparently 61-0 going into Thunder. And he beats down a couple guys and he says when he hits 76 wins, he's going to shake all over. Ew. <laughs> 
And he kind of implies when he gets to 76, he's going to tie Goldberg's record. And I'm like, what? Goldberg had 173 wins. Yeah, I think he's just confused. And I'm like, wait, is that why this story is so weird? Did they forget how many it was and they thought it was 76? Like, oh, we can get him to that before the pay-per-view. And like, wait, it's 100? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. So that's after he interferes to do the same thing he was doing there in the first, you know, couple uh, matches tonight. He then interferes a second time in one of these matches. It's like a six-man tag. I think it's... I want to say it's the the uh, British folk against some random jobber tag team I've never really heard of. Sid comes down, interferes, beats up the jobbers, pins two of the guys at once, and Charles Robinson counts the pin. Okay. He then pins the third guy. Charles Robinson counts that. He pins the third guy again after like cutting a bit of a promo, and Charles and counts Robinson again? counts that again. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> So I don't know what number he's going to come into fucking Nitro with next week. He's going to come in with like 304. I don't know. But I'm just like... Wait, I don't know. But his his streak is so fucking arbitrary. And we know this. He knows this. Everyone knows this. Yeah. It's no Goldberg streak. Which no. was also fudged. Like, we all know that that was also fudged. But it was more realistically fudged. They, it was fudged over a longer period yeah, of time. Exactly. It was more realistic. And even then, half the fudging was, people joke about it, it's like, yeah, I think he beat Hugh Morris like 20 times. Right. So, I'm going to take your best guess. What number will Sid enter Nitro with next week? 75. Okay. I'm going to go 71. Okay. May, you're actually, 72. Okay. I don't know. They're going to give him like 11 more. That way it's not... <laughs> 11 that's so many oh god but uh this overall was a there are 11 dark matches or he just beats 11 guys i mean to be fair there weren't four dark matches during this he was just fucking power bombing people still thoughts on the show as a whole so i I stand by i really liked the first hour of the show i loved the through line i thought it was a lot of fun i was excited there came a point when we were watching this where we were both like, damn, this is a pretty good show. It must be getting close to the end. And we looked at the timeline and we're halfway. literally halfway through. And that's a problem. The second half is a real... Minus the Chris Benoit match and the DDP Kidman segment. Like, I mean, there is some good stuff in the second half. It's just... Few and far between. Yeah, and the stuff between it is real dull or just played out. Yeah. Overall, this I mean, this is a better Nitro than we've had in a good uh, amount yes. of weeks. I don't want to die. We didn't. Fe- we did take a break watching this, but we didn't like need a, de- a death break. You know, this Nitro had enough life in it to where, and granted, I've had a day to process it. But if this had been a bad Nitro, and then they did the Hogan Rick Steiner bullshit, I would have been like, "We're taking a month off from the podcast. <laughs> I need to recover." I mean, but beforehand, they came into the recording, and he was like, "So I want to." I want to like spearhead some of this. I want to get, I want to like move up our timeline in a couple episodes. So he wants to like keep moving faster forward. Well, I, I want to hit one of three milestones for our uh, two year anniversary of the podcast. Yeah. But we're not taking a month break yet. No. <laughs> Check in next year. That's another thing. We're looking at October too. So it's going to be yeah. right when. We're going to get back from the honeymoon and be like, all right, we got to record. We got to record it right now. We're going to record from whatever beach we're uh, 
<laughs> lounging on. Yeah. But let's move into best bit and MVP. Emily, what is your best bit? I will say I had a really hard time picking one. Yeah? Yeah. But I ended up going with a character building moment. Okay. From Vampiro. Oh, the... I thought it was funny. <laughs> the, you don't come over here unless Bobby... Unless Bobby the Brain Heenan says, you can come over here, you do not come to my huddle. I thought that was great. As given away earlier, mine is the power bomb <laughs> onto the bag of popcorn. The bag of popcorn. Yeah, I, yeah. What about your MVP? Who'd you pick? I think we picked the same one. Sid Vicious. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, the man just came in, chokeslammed motherfuckers, <laughs> hit power bombs, and shouted. He came to work. This is why the other Sid weeks kill me, because I'm like, just do this. Yeah. Just do the Goldberg thing again. Just, just have him be Wardlow. <laughs> so next week, we have the April 23rd, 1999, Monday Nitro. And... Um, we didn't play the ratings game for this week. It, Nitro did a 3.3 to Raw's 6.6. Next week, they will do a 2.9. The first time they've been in the twos since February 17th, 1997. Wow. Yeah. Do they get back out of the twos? We'll talk about that when we get to oh, the no. week after. But until the next episode, you can listen to all of our back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and probably a few other places that just kind of take their RSS feeds from there. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Butts in the Pod, even though Emily doesn't post anything on Instagram. And on Facebook at Butts and Seeds Podcast. Emily, any uh, closing thoughts on our engagement episode? Our engagement, our betrothed episode. No. <laughs> Are we going to have Sid just randomly come down every couple minutes during the ceremony and powerbomb a random guest? I will powerbomb them. I would love to see that, especially in the bride's dress. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see how many people get powerbombed by Sid next week. I Honestly, that should be the new thing. Just taking bets on how many how many powerbombs. But they episode 49 and then we're one away from 50. We're almost there. It's almost shot time. So until then, I'm Nick. I am Emily. And thanks for listening to the Bust the Seats podcast. Woo. I changed it, I know. What the fuck? <laughs>